This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily. And I'm Jen. Thanks We're for joining really us. Thank you for joining us here today. Wait, it's really exciting. We just passed 80,000 downloads. That's a big deal. That's such a big deal. We're not sure, sure, totally sure what downloads means. We're not, yeah, we really don't actually know what that means. But thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Thanks um, for subscribing and, and rating <laughs> yes, us. We and appreciate if you ha- it. And I haven't, please do, you know, just two, two chicks trying to live the dream. <laughs> Yeah. Also, we're both. I mean, I don't. We haven't talked about this yet, but I am not functioning today. Em, are you functioning today? Yeah, I'm pretty functioning today. Yes. Yeah, um, well, you know what? It's we're recording in in early afternoon, and it takes you a while to get moving. I'm like by like five a.m. I'm like, sometimes. let's do this. You have a child alarm clock, which That's I think true. Is I do have a built. Helpful. I have a built-in um, milli alarm. Yes. Yes. Which is so, so nice. Right. Hey, today's episode friendships. Let's talk about it. A lot of people have written in about friendships and breakups and different things, which is really interesting. I think we've said this before. When we first started this podcast, we thought more than anything, the number one question we would get about would be about romantic relationships. And it's been more about family and friends. Well, I think, and there's not a ton of resources surrounding friendship breakups, you know, it's like less of a discussed topic where there's so many resources around romantic relationships and giving to your romantic relationships, but there's not a ton of information around breaking up with friends and it can be such a painful experience. Well, and I think it's also, yeah, like you're right, like as a society, we put the most important part of like, we act as though like there's like this relationship hierarchy, people will call it, right? And like at the top of that hierarchy is romantic relationships, where I think for a lot of us, 
we actually get our needs met in different relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a society, we've said romantic is the most important one, right? And when we say romantic, they also mean like a sexual, right? And you could have romance without sex and sex without romance and friendships without romance and romance without friendship, you know, on any of these things, there's like all these different ways you can sort of label and look at your relationships in your life. But I think, you know, yesterday, Jen had said to me, "Um, are you going to talk about your relationship breakup? (laughs) And about seven years ago, I had my (laughs) horrible, horrible, my very best friend, like very best friend since I was 12 years old, were very involved in each other's families. He was supposed to be in my brother's wedding. Like we had a really... Very, they were, very they were about to move in together. We were about to move in too. together. Uh-huh. And we had a huge, huge falling out. And it's interesting to think, like, right, like I say seven years ago, but like uh, there's still a lot of pain around it. Like, yes. and I've done a ton of processing, a ton of therapy for it. I've grieved it. Um, and like it's still a painful thing to think about. So I think it's interesting because, like, in a romantic relationship, you could have like you like a romantic relationship you could have a breakup and then you're like with somebody else in that way um and it kind of replaces it but like I don't think anyone replaces friendships well because I think that there's you get different things from different friendships right so Mm -hmm. I think that in different friendships you're fulfilling different parts of yourself right so if you're really connected to someone like in this instance you guys had such a close relationship you did everything together and (laughs) and the reality was actually my romantic relationship blossomed and my other friendship relationships blossomed once i stopped being friends with this person like there was also a codependency and an unhealthy part of it right but but you know in those moments where that's taken away from you where it's been something that's been in place for so long how could that not be so painful for sure and i think there's also just so much like wrapped like like and also you know there's shared friends right so you have your friends and you also have shared friends within them where like there's like a romantic breakup and someone's like oh he has his friends and i have my friends or she has her friends right like and there's like a separation and i think that's really really difficult and i think we actually even have some questions about like some people that say like what am i supposed to do when i have a breakup with a friend but we're still in the same friend group that and i think that's really hard because too you know if the person you're no longer friends with is still friends with your other friends it's yeah. it's hard to not look for validation from the other friends of course um, to say like and, and oh it's, and it's hard for them to like not get involved like people like want to stay exactly. neutral but it's incredibly difficult and then there's a part of you that wants people to take sides especially if there was like an oppressed part of it right so like the way that this went down with me and this other person they really fucked they were going through them some serious mental health issues and there's a lot of stuff and I just had I couldn't do it anymore and they were really really mad at me for that um but I really had like gotten my my sister-in-law listens to every episode of this <laughs> podcast and the huge blow up with this person happened after my sister-in-law's um bridal shower that there was like some, some shit that went down this bridal shower this. now everyone's gonna want the details to the story 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> and to I'm protect the, to yeah, you <laughs> to protect the person we won't go into like full details but 
bunch of crazy shit happened. They made some huge mistakes at this bridal shower. And I think also because it happened like with my family, it, it was shameful enough that I like couldn't pretend like it wasn't a problem. And I already knew it was a problem. Some of the stuff this person was doing. And then I was like, oh, well now other people know. So like you really can't hide it. Right. It's all out at that point. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? Your, unfortunately, your friendship ended um, in a really difficult way. But, you know, I think, I think sometimes when friendships end in like such a hard way that, you know, the assumption is, oh, then that dictates what the rest of the friendship was like. But you guys had some great yeah. times together. It doesn't, right? Like, and I think that's the thing is like a breakup takes away the future. It doesn't take away the past. Right. And that's like, one of the things still- you remember. It, and I think also we want to villainize someone. And I think we want to villainize someone at the end of any relationship because it makes us feel better actually sitting in pain and saying, man, I really love this person and this really hurts feels so much more vulnerable and difficult as opposed to saying like, fuck them. They're the fucking worst. They were the hundred percent the problem. And it's like why we love villainizing people. (laughs) And we also do this. And that's why we want people to choose sides. Right. So we want someone to be like, she was so wrong. Fuck her. And like, it's still like, it's not really, it's like always takes two to tango. It might not be always a hundred percent. It's not always 50, 50, Mm -hmm. but like you always say, like, I know in this relationship, like I had a partnership. And I think that the anger, you know, when we get angry and we, it's more powerful than the pain, right? It like feels like Mm -hmm. you're doing more, like you have more control over the situation. If you get angry or you pull other people into it and say, oh, look how terrible this person is and look what they did to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You should be angry at them too. Get on my side. Um, But really underneath all of that is a lot of pain. And, you know, you see this and I hate to bring this up. It's my um, guilty pleasure. Uh, in all these reality TV shows. Okay, tell us, tell us. Like real in like Real Housewives, for example, they all are like screaming at each other. Yeah, blaming, um, taking sides, lots of blaming. And is this about get, last night with like Kyle Richards and like everything that happened? Oh yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. So I people just, are really mad at her. <laughs> oh, are they mad at her right now? Yeah, like she she always takes Teddy's side and like you know right? Kyle like yes. yeah really like, Kyle, yes. Kyle get away from this like, she, <laughs> like yeah you know I feel so, like I don't watch reality TV but I read the internet a lot right but you know what I'm I'm as I'm listening to it I'm thinking unfortunately because my can't turn my therapy brain off underneath it thinking if only they were more vulnerable with each yeah. other and talked about a lot of the pain that's happening underneath it but unfortunately that wouldn't create great it. TV yeah <laughs> it's like there's something about like the drama and the anger that like gets people involved and gets people activated but underneath all of that is a lot of pain right and we want this episode to really validate a lot of that pain because yeah. it's it's actually very normal and very common mm. that we outgrow friends, friends yeah. outgrow us, or we go through experiences where these friendships break up and it's way more normalized in romantic relationships. There's way more support around it. And when we post, I mean, there's 30, questions, 30 billion books written about romantic breakups yes. and like but yeah. friendship breakups and yeah. endings are so so challenging. We probably shouldn't see nothing. There probably is. We should Google it. But we'll I haven't look. read any. I haven't either. We we'll need find, to look you know, for some. Th- we're going to find some. We're going to read them and we're going to tell you guys which ones to do. <laughs> and if not, we'll write one. <gasps> wow. I would have Maybe. to say about that, actually. I don't know. I don't we'll know. Never if, write a right. Yeah. We'll never write it. We're not great writers. <laughs> People keep we asking. Need, we're never, we would we're need never a ghostwriter. <laughs> yes. No. But, good talkers. But so, not good writers. <laughs> 
but so many people wrote questions in after we posted this question because I think it's something that people sit with very silently, right? That they say, okay, I went through this, but I don't feel like I can talk to a lot of people about it and maybe I'm not allowed to be hurt. Um, and so that's why we wanted to create this episode to answer some of your questions, um, and help you feel you are not alone. So many people are feeling this. Mm -hmm. So let's get into some of these. Let's get into it. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, (laughs) it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. you got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. So first person wrote in, any truth behind the idea that when friends are unkind or rude, it's because they're jealous of you? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, anything well, can be put. There's a, I should say it this way. There's a lot of reasons that people are unkind and rude. Right. And, and we will sum it up to one of our favorite quotes, which is hurt people hurt people. So they're hurting for some reason. So whether that's jealousy or envy, whether that's anger, whether that's sadness, whether that's their own feelings of rejection or abandonment, or, right. um, or whether, whether it's going dis- something completely different, rejected, 
right? Or right. anything that doesn't even have to do with you, right? So, so an example could be, um, you know, if, if you just had a baby, right? And your friend is struggling, um, getting IVF treatments, um, struggling to conceive that, that might be a really difficult experience for that one friend, mm -hmm. right? And so um, they're going through it in so many different ways. And um, it's an experience in which could be very triggering to them, right? And it, yeah. it's, we often, of course, take things very personally when people are mean or people are rude, but oftentimes they're going through something underneath that anger. Um, and so, but, but that's an experience in which it might pull a friendship apart in a way, and that's okay. Um, so yeah, I think that people could be feeling a lot of different things underneath their reactions towards you. It's just a matter of how you want to address it. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, and I think one of the things I always like to say is, hey, I've noticed you've been sort of upset with me. Is there anything going on? What's up right. with you? Are you Okay. Is it me or you just have some stuff going on? I would like really encourage you. I know everyone's going to hate me, but I, curiosity. Um, I would really encourage you to be curious about what's going on and see what happens. So then if they're rude again to you, you get to say, hey, I asked you about this before. You said there's nothing else going on, but I'm, you're kind of hurting my feelings now. So like, so they like, might, they yeah. might, and they might not even know that they're, they're doing that, that they're reacting in a certain way. It might just be a reaction without a self-awareness. And so for you to set that boundary up or for you to say, hey, this is something that's hurting me, might just bring light to it too, yeah. for them to recognize, oh, I'm doing this and I didn't even realize it. So, Absolutely. um, so just as it's it's their responsibility to think about where that reaction is coming from, it's your responsibility to bring it up to them and say, mm -hmm. hey, this is something that's affecting me and affecting our friendship. Yeah. So the next person had asked, in sudden best friend breakup a few years ago, I'm still not over it. No closure. Tips. Oof. It's such a hard one because it really is like, imagine like a sudden romantic relationship just being over. You would have the space to grieve it. You'd have the space to not get out of bed, to eat all the ice cream, to go to therapy. And I think we don't give ourselves that same space when it is a, a friendship. And we totally should. It is just as an important relationship. And, and it so it takes I, time. Absolutely. Takes, and are you giving... And also you would talk about it with your friends. You would talk about it with your family. You would, I don't know, journal about it, read books about therapy, it. therapy maybe. Right? Like any of these things, like you would just give yourself a lot of space. And so when we say like tips, I want you to say like, what would I do with a, um, if I was, you know, ghosted in a romantic relationship? It's important for us to do the same thing here. We cannot act like friendships are less important than romantic relationships they can feel exactly the same they can feel even more in tune and functioning and i think that's like an important thing to keep in mind is like where are you putting this relationship higher um hierarchy and i think that you know you're going through a grief time period and grief comes in waves, you know, that sometimes you're going to feel it more than others. I think that there's this expectations, whether, whether it's in friendships or romantic relationships that you're going to get to a point where you're just like, Oh, I'm over it. Right. Like I'm never going to think about this again. Um, but the fact of the matter is you're going, it's going to come in waves and it's okay to allow yourself to feel it when it's coming, allow yourself to go through it 
that's the way you're going to get kind of get to the other side. It's going to dissipate more. But um, I think I hear even in romantic relationships, people are very frustrated with themselves for not being completely over an ex. And so it's the same yeah. thing for friendships. That thing, it just takes time, right? Like, well, and like you've, and, been, you've, yeah. been, you've been so, working through yeah. your like yeah. uh, friendship breakup for a long time. I mean, seven fucking years. Yeah, it takes like, a while. It's, it, when I say it out loud, it sounds super silly to say. And like, right, so I can even feel myself minimizing my own experience. Like I can feel mm-hmm. myself say seven and feel embarrassed to admit that on this podcast, to feel like shame, to be like, oh, like I want these people, like I want any listener to feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel that way or I can get over things. And so like, there's a part that I can even feel myself minimizing my own experience, wow. and, which is why I know it's important to talk about. Because everyone does it. Yes, 100%, right? And I think we also then have to talk about the word closure, which is like, I hear so many people asking for closure and I don't entirely know what this word means. And I I think you should ask, yeah, well, I think you should ask yourself when you say closure, what are you looking for? What do you think that's going to bring you? Does that mean peace? Does that mean um, forgiveness? Does that mean... Um, forgetting this person even existed, never thinking about the game, never feeling anything about it. And I think that we have to sort of break down what we're looking for and what we think closure is going to be for us because it might be unrealistic. I think, yeah. And I think part of it is like, okay, if we get this closure, then we won't have to feel this pain anymore. Right, whatever the closure is, it's because like a none of us want to feel it. <laughs> of course, like no one wants to actually feel this pain. But I feel like we say this a lot on this podcast, and I'm so sorry if this is like um, kind of disheartening. Is that like oh. part of the part of the part of the podcast? and disheartening. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Is is really just allowing, helping you to accept that this pain is part of life, mm. and in accepting it, you're also building a tolerance for it as opposed to saying, I'm not supposed to feel this. I should feel shame for feeling this. So when we push those emotions down and we we tell ourselves we're not allowed to feel it, those emotions get stuck and it takes longer to process through Mm -hmm. them. So that's why we say over and over again, it's okay to feel these things. However Mm -hmm. long it takes you, there is no timeline. Sometimes it just takes time. We all process our emotions differently. Um, it's just the times in which, in which we get stuck is when we expect there to be this magical thing that takes these difficult emotions away or the expectation that we're not supposed to feel any difficult emotions at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next one. <laughs> next. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I'm too uncomfortable right now. <laughs> and next question. And that's when you hear Jen's anxiety come out. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's go, guys. (laughs) When friends only need you in between breakups, it's exhausting. How do you handle? I would call it out. Right? I would say, like, hey, like, you mean so much to me, and I know that things are, like, going great with, you know, Pamela or, like, whatever you're experiencing. Um, And still, like, I can sometimes feel, like, a little neglected when you jump into a new romantic relationship. I think it's really common for people to become overly into romantic partners at the beginning and lose that overly invested is a very nice way to put it and they can lose parts of themselves right like one of my favorite things i've ever heard is like you know often we'll tell people like um we won't but society will tell you like oh um pretend you're busy don't answer a text message back instead of pretending just fucking do it (laughs) 
like actually get the hobby, actually go to your yoga class, actually do your thing, you know, like, and I think that like at the beginning of a relationship, we kind of forget to keep our own thing because we're so excited about this person and that's not a bad thing, but we definitely can neglect our friendships. Um, and so I would say like, say that to that person, you know, like it's exhausting. And also like, you can say like, this doesn't work for me. You can negotiate your relationship boundaries. And it might be a time in which, you know, if, if your friend only feels connected to you in between breakups, um, that maybe it's not a friendship that works for you anymore. Maybe there was a time in which it did work for you. Um, you were comfortable being connected to her um, during the breakup times. But, um, you know, maybe you've gotten to the point where you need more in your relationships. You need more space for you. Um, and the only way you're going to be able to create more space for yourself is if you express it, right? Yeah, and if you absolutely. don't express it, then it just well, it's going to keep resentful, happening. And then you're going to get resentful and then you're going to be passive aggressive. And then you're going to get rude. And then you're the bad guy. And that's not fun for anyone. <laughs> and then your okay. needs still didn't get met. Right? Okay. So, But it brings up something interesting, actually, for the next question I want to jump ahead to. Because someone said, ex-friend just got engaged and posted about it on Instagram. Highlighted that I'm really not a part mm. of her life anymore. How to shake the feeling of sadness around this. And once again, we're using this language of how do I not feel this? You're sad about it because it's fucking sad. It is sad. That's it. Right? Like you're sad about it because it's a completely appropriate and normal response. The thing is, we don't want to feel that because it really is difficult to feel our feelings. Mm -hmm. This is why it is so damn hard to be a human. And so instead of shaking the feelings of sadness, I would invite you to actually sit with them and to say, I'm feeling really sad. It was really hard to see Alex's Instagram post on Instagram, uh, Instagram post on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram post on. I'm old. Something it else. Just, <laughs> it was really hard to see Alex's post on Instagram. I felt um, like really upset and disheartened by that. And so what do I need when I'm feeling this? Not how do I get rid of this feeling, but how do I take care of myself with this feeling? Weddings are such an interesting time for friendships, I think. I know. We actually have a few questions about weddings, bridesmaids and stuff. I think here. that's a good thing to go into because it's almost yeah. like, remember remember on MySpace how you had like your top five your top people? Eight. Yeah, but top like eight. mine was, was like Tom and no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's interesting that Tom made himself part of everyone's top eight. You know what? You got to give it to Tom, man, because that guy really got out before social media got bad. Yes. <laughs> he was like, I'm yes. out of here. I'm a sell. I wonder what he's doing. Want, what do we think? I don't want to be part doing. of the downfall of America. And well, he really there's a, new he, Net, there's a new Netflix like uh documentary about this, right? I'm dying to see it. I need to about watch it. About Tom? <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm actually gonna go and watch it. I wonder what he's doing. How no, is he? About, like how social media can be good and really bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, can't God. remember the name of it. I need to oh, right. We were talking there. about that yesterday. Yes. yes I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about now. Um, but I yeah, don't know I think... Tom's in it, but if he is, I like, <laughs> he better be. I'm going to tell Tom you've been asking about him. Did you like, Please have some, do. Like, do you have some unresolved feelings towards Tom? I'm just curious about like how he's doing, you know, he like, looks always looks so happy in his picture. And then he was Did. on everyone's top eight. And then yeah. 
he no longer has MySpace anymore. So I'm just wondering how that might be affecting him, you know? Should I write him, like, a letter? Maybe like Yeah, a I mean, I think you should just let him know that, like, everyone... Thinking about him? Yeah, you know, I know that you were, you were like, Ed, actually, that's really funny because this brings up a conversation. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> about how friends can also move into different levels of friendship, right? So someone can be, like, your BFF, A-E-A-E, and then shit changes, relationship style changes, habits and beliefs change and they go into like an acquaintance or somebody you like send uh, like um, a holiday card right and so it's funny because like tom was like everyone's acquaintance but like who was his friend you know but it's something to keep in mind that like we can have a friendship and say like maybe we don't have to end it but we have to renegotiate the terms of it and we have to have a little distance with it right so maybe my best friend's gonna have to go to my colleague or to my acquaintance where I'm still loving and kind and care about them, but I can't like spend time with them at the same level I did before. It doesn't have to be so black and white that I love someone or hate them. Well, I also think about too how you could be in a position, I'm just using the MySpace example again because it's easy, but you could be in a position in someone's life right? And they could be in a different position in your life. Mm -hmm. And that that's also okay, right? As long as you're both comfortable with the terms of it. Yes. You know? Like how like like, our husbands, (laughs) our husbands have way less friends than we do because they're boys. Right? Boys. Like, you know, like I think sometimes men in their 30s tend to have like less relationships um and so like <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I don't on a recorded podcast want to say that I'm my husband's best friend and he's not mine but I'm gonna infer it wait but I was just gonna say that that and I think for women too and I think there's this idea that like when you meet your romantic you know the one you're supposed to spend okay, the rest yeah. of your life they are your best friend right you can yeah. tell them anything but that's a lot of pressure realistic. for one relationship to it's be your a lot spouse, of, your best friend, your business. But I mean, that's just a lot, man. It's a lot going on. And also, I mean, at least I know as women, we get so much from our female relationships mm-hmm. that we can't get from our romantic relationships um, in a lot of ways, right? So I think that well, like normalizing- like, you know, Well, you get so much from your platonic relationships. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, From my platonic. Right. Right. Um, And I think that that's something we have to normalize, you know, to be able to get different things from different relationships. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great thing. Okay. Wait. So that's funny. Let's talk about normalizing that. Here's a really great question we have to answer. Ready. Somebody wrote in, ghosted for the last six months by BFF. Do I reach out one last time? One of the fa- my favorite things that I have learned about relationships is if they want to be with you, you'll know. And if you're confused, they don't. So someone is telling you everything you need to know. And we keep like looking for sometimes that closure, that term, that some idea, like some false sense of control. And the reality is, is like when you're ghosted, it takes all the control away from you. Ghosting is fucked, actually. It, it really happens, sucks. It really sucks. And it happens in friendships a lot, too. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, and I think that's where people look for closure is that there's no. Oh my God, there's another I, question here. How to deal with your best friend you talk to every single day for years suddenly ghosting you. This is like exactly. a, this is a phenomenon and it is mean. It's mean. 
But it's, it's so interesting how that happens. Like what's going on, right? Like why is ghosting becoming socially acceptable? I think it hasn't, is it, is it becoming? I think it is. I just don't know. It's been totally it. normalized. And I think it's because we're like so scared to upset people. And we're like so, we have like such difficulty with having real difficult conversations that it's like I'd rather just ghost them and give them like chronic anxiety than like hurt them and be real. Well, I think, I think also the fact that, you know, we're all only connected through like cell phones, right? Like back yeah. in the day before cell phones, um, used to just show up at people's houses. <laughs> yeah. I will say I, this. Wait, I, I have to say something. I'm ready. It is totally appropriate to ghost if there is abuse. <laughs> oh, 100%. Get the fuck out. Never Run away. Out, never talk again. Get right? out so of like, there. So, but besides that, then it is really stupid. So, you're, but you're right. With cell phones, everything, all boundaries changed. Absolutely. All boundaries changed. You know, in the past, you wouldn't be able to tell if someone was ghosting you, right? Because you didn't have such so much accessibility to them. And now that we have such, we're so accessible to each other, um, it's so easy to be like, oh, this person's not responding to me. They're not calling me back. We're not having the same conversations that we used to. And so eat so easily you feel rejected where in the past, you wouldn't even be able to connect with each other on, in that way, yeah. right? So ghosting wasn't really a thing. You just show up at their house, you knock on, the, on their door and say like, <laughs> hey, what's going on? You kind of force them, on, you just kind of force your friendship on them. You um, would have no friends if that's how our, our world I would now. never leave my house. <laughs> Never. If it was up to you to just show up at people's houses, you would be a hermit, Jen. I really, I mean, here's the thing. It, with the way the world is now, I really just still stay in my house. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyone, I'm like, hey, want to come over? Want to come over? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay out. Yeah, you're, yeah, I don't go anywhere. Oh, God. I really, I really got to work on that. But, but I think that that's a piece of why ghosting is so much more... Mm-hmm common is so, is we're so much more accessible to each other which means that rejection is so much more prevalent right because we have so much more ability to reject each other now and not talk to each other yeah but still okay. everyone gets ghosted it's, it's i really hate it we need to do something about this this is an what emergency we do? Like situation protest? yes or make t-shirts t-shirts fuck your ghosting or should we should we dress up as ghosts <laughs> it is Halloween season. I feel like I feel like there's something creative there we could figure out. You think out. Halloween's gonna exist this year? Oof, that's a good question. Okay, wait. I have a question. I haven't gone trick or treating in a while. Is, <laughs> oh, really? Because you're I don't know right. if you know. I haven't gone trick or treating in a while since. You're like, I'm mm, interesting little, thing. Yes, continue. Little past my yeah. prime. Um, but is trick or treating still a thing in the suburbs? Oh my god! Separate from yes. COVID, it is. Yes. Oh yeah, but it is in the city too. What do you mean, Just trick or treaters? Okay, you have- yes, all right. So even in South Philly, dude, you sit on your stoop and it is like rocket fire, people. Oh. Man. So in your house this year, which I don't know the deal with COVID actually, but you better, you better, you better I could, have. Candy. I could, I could throw candy at kids from six feet away. <gasps> It'll be like a basketball. It'll, you know, like I could, they could like open up their <laughs> their pillowcase and I could just try to shoot it in from six feet away. That sounds yeah. really fun. It honestly does sound lovely, and also like it could be a possible traffic issue. But I'm really into it. So you want to come yeah, over no, for it? <laughs> I gotta take my kid trick or treating, or or not? Right. I guess there's no trick or treating. Or this not year. right? So <laughs> maybe I don't. Will. 
Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. Come on over and we could just throw candy into children's no, I, pillowcases. I, I saw a really funny TikTok that was somebody putting, like, had like a six foot PCP pipe. PVC? PVC? Not PCPs. So PCP is like a six foot PCP pipe. Are they okay? It's a, that's a lot of drugs it's a lot That's of a lot dust. of drugs are they okay i meant what's it called a pvc pipe pvc yeah 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 close enough <laughs> yeah it was a six foot like pvc pipe um that they like just shot the candy down into the kids bag oh yeah so maybe we'll do that into their mouths honestly i mean we're just gonna leave <laughs> probably candy at the door and not open the door right i think that's fair i think that's probably yes. your best bet i think i would I think imagine no one's that's... going out trick-or-treating this year 
Let's be real. God, yo, I, we yo, got, I off, hate we got off topic. Okay, 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 okay. Ready? <laughs> we got some. Y'all got into this, easy this, this. <laughs> and angel dust. Okay. Wait, we have to answer this one because this is a really, okay. really great one. I'm ready. How to handle closure and end of friendships with an ex BFF when you're in the same larger friend group? This is important to talk about. This is so hard. Yes. So I think a lot of it's going to have to do with, this is a weird thing to say, but the level of health, mental health within the larger group. Mm. If it is a group that can sometimes have toxic behaviors and have a lot of gossip, this is going to be very hard to maintain. If it's a group that has appropriate boundaries and is kind um, and isn't involved in some of that like BS, then I think, you know, you have a conversation with that person. You say, like, listen, like, all these friends matter to both of us. And what do we have to do to sort of make this work, even if you and I aren't close? And that really is only possible if the larger group is able to respect those boundaries as well. In past episodes, we talked about triangulation. And this is a perfect time yes. where people are going to be triangulated into your relationship. Once again, triangulation um, happens when there's anxiety in a relationship of two people and you bring a third person in to divert the anxiety, right? So like this is a time, especially in a larger friend group in which triangulation could be very prevalent. And, um, you know, I think, M, you, you speak to something really important and it is, it's such a healthy way of approaching it to be able to say like, hey, listen, I realize our friendship is not as close as it used to be. How do we set these boundaries? How do we communicate so we can set these boundaries and still stay close to everyone? Yeah, like we're both like we're both part of this group and what are we to do moving forward? I think that's amazing. And so, but that only works if everyone once again is healthy and able yeah. to communicate in that way and there's not a lot of drama. People yeah. feed and I think off the drama. Absolutely right. And I think that, and then also I would I would encourage you to have a place outside of that friendship group to process and to grieve if you need to about that person that doesn't involve those shared mutual friends, right? A lot of times that's a therapy office. And therapy. To think to think about um, as we said earlier, the things that you're no longer getting from that friendship, are they things that you receive from other friends in that group? Are they things that you can receive from friends outside of that group? You know, what do you feel like you're losing in that and how can you fulfill it in other ways? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just in therapy. Yeah. All right. And then, so then someone said, how do I get out of a toxic friendship? Now let's remember, cause we had a few people that use the term toxic. There was another question that came in too. Oh, at what point do you really know if a friend is toxic? I've been in my head this week. Okay, so we're going to do a little reminder that people are not toxic. Behavior is toxic, right? People are struggling. People have been abused. People have been neglected. People have their own baggage. So people are not toxic, but you're right. A dynamic, a friendship or a marriage could be, right? It could be unhealthy. It could be draining and it could be... um, hurting you in some way Uh, yeah paralyzing for you as well like it's just causing Mm -hmm. you to just simply not grow Mm -hmm. so So how do you well this is a hard one because you're gonna have to look at it and is there a way for you to maintain the friendship or do you want to maintain the friendship at a different level like for them to just be acquaintances for someone you just talk to once a month and so 
every relationship is different. It's why it's hard for us to speak to these vaguer terms. Right. But let's say you're saying to yourself, like, you know what, I really simply, this person is incredibly unhealthy for me. Their behavior is unhealthy. We have really different morals and values within the world. And I have to end the relationship fully. Let's use that for an example. Okay. I think it's once again, going to take hard conversation. We want to encourage you to not ghost because self-care is uncomfortable conversations. Yes. Right. And I know that that is really hard and everyone's going to hate us for that. (laughs) (laughs) Pushes everyone to continue to have conversations. But I think it's important too, because once again, the friend might not know that, that they're reacting in this way or they're affecting the friendship. Well, then it's draining you, right? Because we had another amazing question. Somebody else wrote in and said, how to tell your friends you aren't their therapist when you're a therapist in real life. Yes. And And I think this happens so often too, where um, we're feeling drained. We want to be there for our friends, right? Mm -hmm. We want to support our friends, but there's a limit to how much we can give, especially if we're, we're going through a lot ourselves, right? And so if you're giving and giving and giving and you start to feel drained and you don't feel like you have the communication to be able to set those boundaries up, up you're going to start to feel resentful. You're going to start yeah. to push the friend away. You're going to start to shut down. Um, and then you get into this dynamic where the, the friendship is naturally splitting apart without the communication behind it. Yes, And that's why we keep saying, listen, you got to communicate about it if you really care about the friendship, right? Yeah. And our guess is that you do because you're writing in. Um, then there's, there's an opportunity. Or you feel there. stuck in it. <laughs> or, or you feel stuck in it. Stuck right. In it, and you're like, please get me this. out of this. Right. And so if you care about the friendship, then absolutely push yourself to have these really hard conversations because it's giving you an opportunity to, to have a break in the relationship and start to rebuild it. Right. And so if you've ever been in a long-term friendship or relationship, sometimes when you fight in your in your romantic relationships and you work through it, you come out of it and you feel much stronger. You feel much more connected. There's opportunity in that in your friendships too. It's just a matter of addressing it. And if it's if you have never addressed um, any sort of issue in your friendship in the past, then it's, it's going to be difficult and it's going to be uncomfortable. But if it's a friendship that you care about, then that's important to do. It's important to move through it and repair that break. Um, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> sometimes they respond pretty negatively, but it's the, your, your control is addressing it. Well, and so, and so someone else had asked this question about like, how do you identify a toxic relationship? I think you just say like, I think it's, how do you feel after your interactions with them? How do you feel after you talk to them? How does your energy feel? Um, do you find yourself questioning yourself, doubting yourself, feeling drained, feeling exhausted, angry, emotional, right? Like, what does it bring up for you? And then I would say, like, if this is like the important place to find a place, the important place to find a place, blah, 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 blah. Um, get a therapist is what I'm trying Instagram. to say here. Post on an Instagram, yes. <laughs> Don't post it on an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's not an appropriate time to write on your Instagram. I I feel like so and so is toxic. What do you guys think? And then do a poll. I right. feel like weird if you do that, but you know, right. it's their own in this day and age. <laughs> okay, we're just old fogies at this point, and maybe we're like behind the times. So you think that some people should post that on Instagram? I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just behind the social media times. You know? Do you remember Zenga? <laughs> oh my god fuck yeah i was rocking zanga, hard. Zanga. Hey, zanga and a live journal 
right? Wait, Zanga was also like a diary, right? It was exactly. like a live diary. Yes, of course yes. I had one. Of I course. remember, okay, let me tell you this time about my boyfriend, Mike Rituccio, I think his name was. Oh my Can't God. Really and it's always, they always have like the full name, right? When you like it's always, yeah. say, mm-hmm. it's yeah. always the full name. Okay. Uh-huh. Tell me about Mike. Okay. So we dated for about two weeks at the dark D-A-R-C summer camp. And when I say we dated, we sat next to each other in a movie theater. It was really serious. Okay. And then we were friends at AIM. And one time I put up my away message as writing in my live, writing in my online diary. And he responded and said, LOL, that's so freaking lame. (gasps) Michael. I I was astounded. I was humiliated. I was appalled and I, I kept on writing, but I was, I didn't tell anyone about it afterwards. Did you write those words in your journal? <laughs> I feel I appalled. <laughs> Did you say, Michael, was, he was invalidating you from an was, early age. And he you was know what? mocking me. You know, know what? what he did not deserve to be in your life. How long <gasps> did grieving that breakup take? I don't know. I think not long because it was about two weeks relationship. But the embarrassment that I felt, I could actually still feel to this day. If you can think back to like Jen, like an early memory of embarrassment, like I think yes. embarrassment is an emotion we don't talk enough about. Actually, I maybe we should what do an episode embar- on that. Yeah, what's your embarrassing memory? The first thing that came, I mean, I'm sure I have more, but the first thing that came to my mind is when I was in first grade, I peed my pants, and <laughs> the teacher Sorry. came around. <laughs> the teacher came around and was like, Jen did you pee your pants? And I was like, no, (laughs) No, I spilled apple juice. No, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's like very, very manipulative child. I bet they were like, Jen. (laughs) So, but I can think back. It was very shameful. Yeah. I can remember pooping my pants at a soccer field once. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Those orange slices they gave you during halftime, they really just get the juices flowing, you know? (laughs) brother's soccer game like I remember we have these great <gasps> family friends and I remember being like Mrs. DeBella I pooped my pants because like her pants. house was closed <laughs> um and I think she was like what the fuck I think how old were you <laughs> too old to be pooping my pants <laughs> how did she respond but I will was also she say like- in the height of my eating disorder when I was doing lots of fad diets and you know basically diarrhea detoxes such as the master cleanse i was sharding myself on a regular basis <laughs> did that feel embarrassing um you know what i was so immersed in my eating disorder that i'm pretty sure i was just like ooh, less calories so that's how fucked up i was that i was pooping my sharding myself and that was like normal and that is why you'd never take detox tea or any other bullshit that sells i remember that master cleanse that you did Oh my God, it was a bad time in my life. <laughs> we worked through it though. Wrong? I know. Now I would never, ever do that. But like how funny that that was like, oh, you might poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> like what? No one ever. They should make that a disclaimer. I know. There's been so many times I've unfortunately sharded myself. I wonder how right? many people actually listen to this podcast. I know. I mean, I think, well, we said 80,000 <laughs> downloads. Once again, we're not sure how much that means. And so... 
we apologize, but not really. Listen, we're human beings <laughs> just like you. Let's turn this into a teaching moment. <laughs> okay, great. Go from sharding to a teaching moment. We are well, human. I think, right, well, because like stuff with your stomach's embarrassing, right? And like if you've had anything like IBS or Crohn's or any of this stuff, like there's like this embarrassment that goes with it, but then there's also like a normalcy to it because you're like, oh, this actually happens to me, but other people like, so like it's just like this really complex, like multi-leveled shame thing. There's a lot of anxiety that can connect to that too, right? It feels like, oh, I'm out of control of my bowels. I don't know when I'm going to be in pain. I don't know when I'm going to get to the next bathroom, Mm -hmm. Um, especially during COVID, right? Like no bathrooms were open. I have no idea if this has to do with friendships. It, nothing. I don't even know how we got to it. Wait, I can backtrack. I'm great at backtracking. No. Wait, and, and, but I'm going to pull it around. We don't need to backtrack. Pull okay, it sorry. Let me keep and going. Okay. friends makes fun of you. Like if they Gretchen wieners it for Mean Girls, when she's like, sorry about that time that I'm sorry about the time I laughed at you when you got diarrhea at Barnes and Noble. And I'm sorry that I told everyone. And I'm sorry. I'm telling everyone again now. Like, <laughs> don't have that friend. <laughs> right. Like that might be here. Here's where it comes full circle. You go to your friend Is that a toxic <laughs> friendship? Yes. Okay. So if I go to you and I say I poop my pants, I want you to say, "Girl, I got you." And you're like, "Whatever you, you do, some, I'll go get you some like, new like, pants." Right. Like, what I do will need run to, do? to your house. Mm-hmm. We will tackle it. Whatever yeah. you need to do. Because Is sometimes you it feel happens. shamed by that yes. person. You're accepted as a human being by that person. And so, once again, going back to the toxic friendship <laughs> part, it really depends. <laughs> really depends on what is considered a toxic friendship. We don't have more information about this. If people can take back their downloads, they'll be doing it now. They're like, oh God. 70,000 downloads. Delete, delete, delete. It's like, okay, we're just moving on. Okay, how do we... (laughs) All right. Okay, wait, let's answer this question about how to tell your friends you want their therapist when you're a therapist because we're going to run out of time. There's so many questions. So let's, I want to get to a few. So how to tell your friends you're their, um, how to tell you you aren't their therapist when you're a therapist. Do you, how do you do it? I simply say like- Were you going to ask me first? No, okay. So if somebody comes to me and I simply don't have the willpower or like it's just like the emotional space for them, I say like, fuck man, like I'm so sorry. Like that's so difficult. Like let me know if you want me to send you some recommendations for therapist. I offer to send them recs. I love that. Yeah, what do you do? I I mean, it's a problem. Like both of us have gone through this. It is like an ongoing issue. And I will say this, my friends that are in therapy do not do this to me. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I think I I have learned. I think before I became a therapist, and even during at the you beginning, were everyone's therapist. I was everyone's therapist, and I think it's very. It feels very natural to me to ask people more questions about what they're going through in order for them to feel like they have more space to vent, they have more space to talk about it. I can help because also, like, I do enjoy helping or being there for people, but. I don't think I knew my boundaries back then. Now I am very clear of where my boundaries are. There are times where I totally have space to listen to friends for what they need, but there are times when I absolutely do not. And so I'm actually very clear with people that I don't have the space for them or I have the space yeah. for them. Cause, and, and for the most part, my friends have been pretty respectful. Like they'll ask me, they'll say, do you have the space for this? Like, yeah. can you talk about this? Because, um, 
you know, I think they really understand it, but I think you, you have to at, you have to first know where your boundaries are, right? Mm -hmm. Like where you're taking on too much, where you recognize in those conversations that it's wearing on you. And when you start to recognize where your boundaries are, you can start to communicate them in different ways. And I think that's a process that we all have to learn as therapists is where our boundaries are, you know, after we're done our day of seeing clients, where are your boundaries in your, in your friendships? Where are your boundaries in your romantic relationships? Um, because you need that space for yourself, right? You need to take care of you first. You can't take care of anyone else in, unless you're taking care of, of you and you're number one. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is recognizing where your boundaries are there and then setting those boundaries with people. And the more you set them, the more people are going to respect them and know where you, you, you land with that. Well, okay. That's actually a perfect gateway to our, the last question we're going to do because yes. we're running out of time, but there's so many questions. But there's one I think we have to talk about. Okay, I'm ready. Somebody wrote in, what to do when you're friends with a couple and one of them tells you they're cheating. Oh. I want to be very clear here. The only right answer that I'm about to say would be based on who's listening. <laughs> so if you're someone who's been the hurt partner before, the only right answer is tell the hurt partner. If you're someone who's been the cheater before, the only right answer for me to say is hold the secret. So <laughs> what I actually want to say to you is when someone comes to you and says, I have to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone, you might have to say, actually, I don't know if I can hold that for you. Because that's what people will do. They'll preface it, and then we get interested. We get nosy. That honestly is the most exciting sentence that anyone can say to you, right? I'm going to tell you something that you can't tell anyone because it also, it's a signal that they really trust you. (laughs) <laughs> right. And so because, because they trust you, you're like, Ooh, this is exciting. Feels I have good, this kind of right? power. This feels good. But, but you're then, not thinking about what you might actually have to hold. Right. And then it ends you. Exactly. And this is the same thing. If someone comes to you and says they're suicidal, if someone comes to you and say they're being abused, like it isn't actually fair for you to have to hold those secrets. Right. So you might have to say like, actually, before you tell me, I want you to know if you tell me about an affair, suicide, these are the secrets I cannot hold for you. You're allowed to set those boundaries. Jen's laughing because this is what we do in therapy. Yes, yes. I'm laughing because we make people sign a consent that basically says like we is complete confidentiality unless- Except these, you're going to hurt yourself for someone else. Someone else, right. Yeah, yeah. We have no choice. It's like part of our legality. We have to report. Absolutely. And so to almost- But not create- for affairs. Not for affairs. And, no. and and I'll say this, couples therapists all have different, you can ask, when you go to a couples therapist, you can ask what their secrets policy is. And, and every couples therapist has like a different secrets policy. Right. I, I think that's actually really important yes. to if figure out what the secrets policy ask, is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for me in couples therapy, I will hold secrets unless it's something that is affecting moving forward yeah. in couples therapy. So if an individual tells me about an affair, I will encourage them to open up about it, encourage them to talk about it. Um, because otherwise you can't move anywhere in yeah. therapy if- But if somebody tells you about an affair that happened 10 years ago, right? your policy? You'd hold secrets it. policy, yeah. Yeah, you'd hold it. Because right? it's not, and, it wouldn't affect moving forward. And people are going to hate us for that. Like you're totally. going to listen to this and you might have heard me just say that and you feel angry. 
And that's because you're like, how could you do that? I've been hurt. This is so, and like, we have to remember like everyone's in such a different place. Right. And so when someone comes to you and says, I have to tell you something, don't tell anyone. I want you to think before you say, what is it? And ask yourself, can I do this? Can I handle this? Because mm-hmm. some stuff is too much for us to hold. And there's that, and that doesn't make you a bad friend. That makes you a human. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and then we have to wrap up. We have to wrap up. And, and we took up a lot of space, you know, talking about Rams today. Because <laughs> we had to talk about some PCP bikes. Um, okay. <laughs> here's the deal. This is your takeaway from the episode. What you have experienced in your friendships if it is grief, if it is sadness, if it is jealousy, it is all completely valid just the way any type of breakup would be in a romantic relationship. Friendships are difficult. They're healing. They're empowering. They're amazing. They're hard. They're complicated. They're multi-leveled. And you are allowed to struggle with them just the way you would in a romantic relationship. Take up space Find yourself a therapist you feel connected to. Find yourself um, safety and wellness within that. And don't minimize your own experience or try to dissolve your feelings. That's your takeaway. That's beautiful. Yes. Um, I don't know what next week's episode on because I can't remember and I don't have it in front no of me. No clue. But- we have no idea. <laughs> but we'll keep trucking. It, it's going to be good. And we'll tell Nikki to write it on. But actually, wait, when does this episode come out? Oh, no. Monday. This episode comes out Monday. Hey, tonight, if you listen to this, we're going Instagram live. On Yes, on Monday. Right? Okay, wait. So this episode comes out Monday the 21st. We're going Instagram live tonight at um, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? Yep. Looking it up. Yeah. I was hey, looking it up. Yes, I am. Questions in real time. Um, we'll be on the Westchester Therapy Group and the Shrink Chicks Instagram. You can write in, hang out with us, grab a drink and have a little happy hour. Um, we're excited to hang out with you. People requested that we do this. We feel super silly about it. So please log on because we're already embarrassed. <laughs> I, I am going to really struggle. <laughs> Jen, we'll be like taking like, like multiple beta blockers. I'm going to have to really prep for this emotionally, but you yes. know what? I do it and I'm going to do it for you yes. guys. Whatever yes. you need, answering your questions, we got you. And if you listen to this episode, you have questions about the episode, send them right on in. in. So, hey, tonight, we'll see you at the Instagram live. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening as always. Thanks Take for care listening. Of yourself. We love you. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.